A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. 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 Ish. What just happened? Count you in. Good to go. I am good to go, and welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Swifter's Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Shelby. Yes. Happy, happy Shelby. I love it. It, like, wakes me up. I know it's, what, noon in Utah time, but it wakes me up when I hear, <laughs> Shelby. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I should have gone to a lower <laughs> register in honor of our song this week and been like, it's Shelby. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I try my best, you know, um, I'm no Taylor Swift, but I, uh, I have been singing so much Taylor Swift that it's permeated my daughter's like knowledge yeah. source, her language form, because I was just walking her the other day, like we were on a walk, I mean, mm-hmm. and I was just <laughs> like, like a, yeah, I'm like, go, dog. go ahead. Again, vegetable. But I got, I just said something and I was like, oh, nice. And she looked at me and she's like, that's what Taylor Swift says. (laughs) That's one of the first little tricks I taught her when Bejeweled came out. So whenever I say, what does Taylor Swift say? She says, nice. I love it. I am I'm learning so much from you. So I Thank you. like yeah. on how to indoctrinate my my yes. daughter yeah. into Swiftyhood. Um, you know, she she sees Taylor Swift all over our house until yeah. she'll she'll point and maybe I said this last time. I don't know. She'll point and she'll say, "Tay, Tay, Tay." <laughs> yeah, it's honestly the most important thing we can do as mothers. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. I stand by that. So <laughs> Rob thinks it's brainwashing propaganda, but if he had passions, he could share them too. You know, it's yeah. just, I, what do you want me to say? You know, she'll grow up to be a doctor who is deeply obsessed with Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. And the world needs more of those. Yes. Um, but pro- probably not, actually, because Taylor Swift has been hounded this week. Oh, um, yes. The biggest news story around Taylor, to jump right into it. Taylor Swift was attending Jack Antonoff's wedding, did not know he was engaged, happy for him, now officially married, so congrats to the couple. But it was in New Jersey. It was at this like very fancy club restaurant, but very like public, very public uh, venue. And so it was yeah. quickly, it was quickly like came out that Taylor Swift was there. And so suddenly there was just like a horde descended on this, um, on this street, on this neighborhood, just hundreds, hundreds, probably close to a thousand. I don't know. I've always been bad at guessing numbers. Um, but just the a streets. huge crowd. Yeah. Yeah. A mob, <laughs> cool. not a crowd. Yeah. Yeah. A mob, an absolute madhouse. Um, everyone was there just to get a glimpse of her. Like even when they closed the curtains, like the whole crowd booed. And then when she finally, when some of the people started coming out, they were just chanting for Taylor. And we it's like, want Taylor. Yeah. We want Taylor. <laughs> It's just, it's fascinating on like, you know, a pop culture zeitgeisty level because you really only saw that sort of madness around like the Beatles, like the Mm -hmm. Beatlemania or like Michael Jackson. But like for people to go out of their way in this day and age to like, I don't know, try and get a glimpse of her, not even like at a concert or like at a party for her, but like crashing someone else's wedding it's so just very weird. 
I don't know. I I bought a plane ticket to go to Long Beach. Yeah. I don't know about you. I saw yeah. that, you know, she lives in Long Island on that night. And yeah. I was like, looking up prices for plane tickets. How do I get to that wedding? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and did you make it? Uh, did you get the yes. second venue? <laughs> did you not see all my TikToks? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but apparently, I don't know how true this is because I do follow Dumois, but I'm not on my Instagram all the time. But apparently that account leaked where the rehearsal dinner was. And so after that went public, and I don't know, people can correct me if I'm wrong. I just saw this on TikTok. After that went public, everyone just kind of swarmed the area. I think a lot of people post, like I think a a few different update sites posted it. Not just her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But yeah, it's absolutely madness, bonkers behavior. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily think it was all like Swifties, like, listen, I think Swifties get a bad rap and deserve a bad rap for some of it. But I think in this instance and in a lot of these situations, it's not necessarily like the diehard Swifties who are like weeping at the chance of seeing mother. It's more celebrity, like thirsty, you know, content creators mm-hmm. who you, you just like, you want to spy like the celebrity. And I don't, it is interesting to have been a Swiftie for so long and to be like, what is it about this moment in time right now that has just like skyrocketed her not even popularity but just like importance like you know what I mean because mm-hmm. it's not just these Swifties who are like please sign my like album or whatever it's like just people who are like I have to see Taylor Swift if she's within a 20 minute drive of me so why wouldn't I go mm-hmm. and stand in the swarm and try and get a picture like it's just I can't wrap my head around it as someone who is like probably unhealthily online and like too obsessed with celebrities. Like there's no one that I would do that for. Like, Mm -hmm. and I don't know where the, I don't know where the brains are breaking. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Like, listen, if it was back in like the lover area, area, lover era, (laughs) where it was opening weekend and there was like, oh, Taylor is at her mural, right? taking photos with fans, signing. If I was in the 15-minute radius, I would go because yeah. that's that's something that she's doing for the fans. It's part of her marketing. It's part of that weekend. But this is Jack and Margaret's wedding. Yeah. You know, imagine being at your rehearsal dinner, being going to your wedding, going to your reception, and it's all about Taylor. Like, it's not about your love, your connection. It's about Taylor. I I get it. I'm sure Margaret and Jack are like, okay, Taylor's going to be there. So there's going to be buzz. Like I'm sure they were prepared. They weren't annoyed, but it was really interesting seeing like some of Taylor Swift looks and some of the the photos, uh, Cara (laughs) Delvine. Did you see Cara Delvine's like death stare at the photos? Yeah. Yeah, Zoe Kravitz coming out with Channing Tatum and Taylor. And she was just like, Oh, what? Yeah. It, it's it's insane, and I you know I I think a lot of people are doing it for clout to have that that video to be there to post it, you know, in the realm of TikTok and and X and Instagram, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have like that that deep need to be recognized and and tweeted and liked and you know seen and like, yeah. oh I was there, but yeah, it's not it, it swiftly turned around. Mm-hmm. People are like, why were you there? This is absurd. Like, she doesn't have any peace. I know. It's weird because it's just like, 
obviously on some level that's like an unpredictable crowd that showed up like even taylor swift seemed like what the fuck is going on you know she was mm-hmm. like why are you <laughs> she's like hi like you know she seemed taken aback by the interest in her attendance at that event in particular because again it's not a taylor swift event mm-hmm. um but i also think it is interesting that jack antonoff or that they chose like you know because i think about celebrity weddings and a lot of them are very private like the kardashians Mm -hmm. know where to go to have a private wedding you know they've had a lot of practice at this point but i just feel like it's interesting that they chose such a public venue Mm -hmm. and i wonder if it's just that they were in denial about like when they were planning it how big taylor would be because it is like middle of her tour she's in a break right now like maybe Mm -hmm. there's something i don't know it's just interesting to see what like like you said, I hope they're not angry at her because I feel like there's some responsibility when a celebrity books a venue to like understand the likelihood or accessibility of it. Not that they have to do international weddings or whatever, but even mm-hmm. like, even like tick like that. I don't remember her name, but there's a huge wedding that just happened, and that was totally private, just because she knew she wanted it to be private. So it's like if you don't want the drama, then you have the resources to like avoid most of it, you know? I think for Jack, and I'm not sure about Margaret, because Margaret's a it's like a Nepo baby. Yeah. So I'm sure maybe she I don't know how much time she spent in Long Beach. Yeah. By the way, I love, love Margaret's family. Like yeah. her mom. Amazing. Okay. But <laughs> um Jack and Do you Ma- know her? Oh no, but I've seen her in Michael. <laughs> And I, I loved her and Michael. I always I always sing pie, pie, me oh my because of <laughs> of Andy, of her mom. So I love her. Oh, like yeah, she's yeah, yeah. she's amazing. Um yeah. and that ages me because Michael came out with a long time ago. Google it. <laughs> um <laughs> but um, Jack grew up in Long Beach and so that's very yeah. like close to him and maybe they were in denial. But yeah. one thing that I was very surprised as that Taylor also is very good at being sneaky. Yes. You know, like she walks the streets of London. Apparently we, you don't know. It's like if she was, if they were worried about that, they could have like snuck her in, done something, tried to conceal it. I'm not sure. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it was like so obvious that she'd be there that it didn't matter. Yeah. Because yeah, like with Abigail's wedding, she was like under an umbrella or something. Yeah. They didn't even hide her. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, okay. And maybe maybe it was soundproof. Maybe during the wedding, people were quiet. Maybe. Yeah, no, it's just wild. I mean, I did see that she um, gave a toast. Like she she gave one of the toasts. She roasted. She, she roasted, roasted Jack. Jack. She was like, deserves. all of my Grammy acceptance speeches and VMAs, I always thank Jack. Has Jack thanked me once? <laughs> yeah. No. Honestly, Jack. 15-minute speech. <laughs> I would love to read that 15-minute speech. I know. I know. Taylor's version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it seemed to be a good time. She seemed very mm-hmm. relaxed. She was wearing her little braid. Like, it's, it's you know, we're, we're tuned in to Taylor's changing aesthetics because of what it can mean or what, it, what eras it brings about. I think that's sort of shifted since reputation or lover, I guess. Yeah. And it's not as – it's not as paramount, but 
No, because um, she, the same weekend she was wearing a brown fall dress with coming out with Ed Sheeran, and then she goes to a wedding wearing a light blue dress. Like, where are the Easter eggs, you guys? <laughs> I don't mean it has to be like an Easter egg, but more an aesthetic shift and mm-hmm. what that means about the next album or her new her new creative juice. Um, yeah, I, I was teasing you. Yeah, <laughs> because I think it is like um, – yeah, it's going to be an interesting time with her continuing mm-hmm. her tour for another year, maybe a year and a half, and just like what what she is doing creatively or if she's mm-hmm. just kind of taking a break on a public level at least, like as far as putting out new music currently. Um, but that also leads us to this 1989, um, you know, rollout because mm-hmm. obviously for um, – Red, she did a huge press like rollout. It was a long window of time to promote. Um, but this this one, and then Speak Now, it was like absolutely nothing. It was like, hey guys, uh, this is my beloved album. Here you go. And then three weeks later, it's like, who is she? I don't know. I have to say though, <laughs> I'm so sad because every single like we got fearless signed CDs, we got yes. red signed CDs. No, no speak, speak now. now. Sign CDs. She's too busy. She's like, I don't know her. <laughs> Who is she? Who's Taylor yeah. Swift anyway? <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, I would love to know Taylor's true thoughts because that's always been the joke. Is like Evermore is her neglected child, and Speak Now mm. is like basically her bastard. Um, <laughs> but I do feel like this is very telling how much she loves 1989 and how much she expects it to be a huge deal, which it will mm-hmm. undoubtedly be because 1989 originally was such a huge life-changing career move for her. But the fascinating thing about this 1989 rollout is, one, she's doing these scattered, you know, 48-hour flash sales on special edition covers, which is in and of itself a hungry grab. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And also everyone listening should not buy in a rush because they will show up later or it's just not worth it, right? Because... Mm -hmm. They're just different photos you can get. But I know she's playing off the 1989 era when you were able to buy different CDs. And I don't think you knew, but it was kind of like... um, There were Polaroids inside, yeah. I don't know if you could tell which one had which photos. It was like a serial grab bag. Like you got one. You can get four different albums and have four all the same Polaroids. Or you can get four different albums and have different Polaroids. Yeah. So she's playing off of that. Yes. But... (laughs) But I'm more curious about the aesthetic of it because Mm -hmm. so far they've all just been her on the beach. And I'm like, Taylor, did we forget about what 1989 was about? Where's the cityscape? Like, where's the Mm -hmm. because even like like out of the woods, the Polaroids originally, they were her like in buses and like on the street carrying balloons like it was very much New York focus it was very Mm -hmm. urban it was very like you know skyscrapers and stuff and so it's fascinating to me that now she's like no it's a it's an album for the beach (laughs) it's she's leaning really really into the seagulls yeah (laughs) yes hardcore (laughs) what we have like one or two more colors left, apparently. Yeah, two more. Yeah. Two. So maybe those will be the city. Yeah, maybe. And you can rush and buy those. 
<laughs> I know. Well, because she looks gorgeous. I liked. I like the original cover still. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I like the. I like the Taylor's version. The the, the, the Taylor's smile. version cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I liked the one of her lying on the beach. Mm-hmm. But now the other one, I'm trying to remember what it even looks like. She's looking back, and she has like red lipstick, and she's like smiling, but I don't think she's showing teeth. She's yeah, like grinning. Yeah. It's an em- emerald green one or yeah. aqua, aqua green, aqua something. Aquamarine or something. Aquamarine, yeah. Oh, yeah. It looks – yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. strange to me too is that they don't necessarily like fit with each other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the night, the seagull one looks kind of like filtered and kind of like whimsical, like airy and romantic. And the other ones are just like straight up candid photos almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be fascinated to see how they work out. I do think these two that she shared, the Aquamarine and um, Sunrise Boulevard, those aren't lyrical references, right? But the other two are. Yeah. So, so so maybe those are songs that are more bonus tracks, maybe. Yeah, like maybe Time they're and- yeah, maybe they're bonus tracks that are more like you know fall on the beach or something i just think she got swept up in the store the summer i turned pretty and she's like oh Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. this is the vibe now this is the aesthetic because so many of her songs not only 1989 but so many of her songs are featured yeah multiple in like multiple songs are featured in at least one episode of the summer i turned pretty which i love the show but sometimes the songs not only Taylor Swift songs, but other songs that are played in the song, in, in the show. I'm like, how does that fit <laughs> with the story going on? I love this song, but how? I yeah. don't get it. But yeah, no, it's. Me. I mean, if I had that through line with Taylor and like they were approving anything I asked, I'd be like, yes, why not? Bigger than the whole sky, like, yeah. do give me snow on the yeah. beach and invisible yeah. string, like, let's mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely a popcorn bag of (laughs) cameos by Taylor. Um, But yeah, no. So I'm excited for the 1989. I feel like I am curious for the sound just based on this aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I had a friend, uh, you know, because you're excited for 1989, just to drop back to that. I had a friend who messaged me and she was like, Shelby went to (laughs) Taylor's house how? I know. How? I and I was know. like, well, you obviously don't listen to our podcast because <laughs> let's revisit the story. <laughs> so I told – because she follows you on Instagram, so that's how she saw. Yeah, and so yeah. I told her, and I was like, and I will hate her forever for that. Um, <laughs> I didn't know you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just always get pushed back into that time when we were at the dog park, and I was like, oh, yeah, I just went to the Super Bowl Saturday. You know, it was really cool. Like, um, before show, it was, you know, it was, it was awesome. And I was like proud of myself for that. And you're like, well, I got invited to Taylor's house. And I was it's like, more like I got invited to Taylor's house. Like, I don't know no. how to talk about it. <laughs> it was perfect though. Cause I was like, Oh, I was just felt stupid. Cause I was so excited about that. <laughs> then I was like, this girl was like no. <laughs> living her life. I know. Absolutely madness. I realized that that was nine years ago and that's what blew my brain. And I was finally like, you know what? I don't talk about this enough. I feel like you most people to. in my life don't actually know that happened because it's just like, unless you're, you know, a Taylor Swift fan talking about Taylor Swift, it's not like you can just mm-hmm. like 
And you know, <laughs> you've made so many new friends along the way that don't yeah, know it. Yeah, like that's so generous you, of you to say. I'm like, I would like, I went to the last night of the U.S. leg one, and I'm still posting about it. Yeah. And I didn't meet Taylor, so <laughs> you just shout it, shout yeah, it, in skyscrapers. Yeah. yeah, no, happy nine years for sure. Yeah, um, but yeah, it, it, a surreal memory and. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking on PSU Wrong about like what, how big 1989 TV mm-hmm. will be compared to like Rep TV and and Taylor Swift TV. And I think we talked about it a little bit last week, but it's like yeah. these are kind of the more interesting ones to see play out, not because like they are the more known ones. And so I think newer fans will be excited to see these ones even though we as older fans notice starker differences in like the recordings of fearless or whatnot, the vocals. Um, so it should be, it should be fun. October, October 27th. 27. Can't, can't come soon yeah. enough. <laughs> I know it's going to be great. I yeah. love it. I'm excited. We I get know. a long rollout. We're going to yeah. get a lot of um, fun content, maybe more Easter eggs in the shows. Cause I think this weekend she's starting up again in Mexico. Oh, So yeah. we'll get more Taylor Con. Yeah. Um, Taylor concerts and more information yeah. about her. Um, one thing that we have been getting a lot, of course, is Taylor Swift. But um, at least on my For You page, I don't follow this creator. Uh. But I, I think I follow a lot of uh, critics of this creator <laughs> because I had had like a stark desert of Ashley Leach and content on my TikTok. Just desert. Like, I was like, is she alive? I have no idea. Did I care? No. <laughs> But then all of a sudden, you know, I, I saw two things on my For You page. I saw Taylor Swift being mobbed. And then I saw Ashley Leachin being mobbed. And a lot of people were throwing her under the bus because they're like, oh my gosh, let's set the scene. It was her with security guards around her and she was walking through a mall and she was walking at downtown Disney with people just going, oh my gosh, Taylor, Taylor, Taylor. So everyone had thought that she had hired security guards for clout to walk with her and pretend that she's Taylor Swift. And it was really weird timing because it, the day before everyone was in Long Beach on that, that you know, infamous day <laughs> during Jack Jack's rehearsal dinner, you know, mobbing Taylor. And then you have the next day video footage of Ashley Legion just in public pretending that she's Taylor Swift. So everyone was like, oh my gosh, what is she doing? She's, what a stalker. Like, does she not know this is like <laughs> not the right time? And then, you know, she, Ashley Legion came back to light on her account. And so here's the deal. It was a social experiment or or prank. She partnered up with YouTuber Vicken the game. Not, I did not know who this person was, but apparently they have like 200,000 followers on YouTube. It's a YouTuber who likes to um, you know, use celebrity dupes and go out in public and film it. It's uh, he, he says that it's in different videos. It's either a social experiment or it's a prank, depending on the video that you're watching. Um, so he had reached out to multiple Taylor Swift lookalikes. And Ashley, the one who's, is the one who took him up on this collab. So they went out in public. They filmed it. 
the security guards were his his team who were posing as security guards and they walked around the mall they walked around downtown disney and apparently some people did think it was taylor but the majority she was like no it's just ashley and they're like we know we love (laughs) ashley and they started chanting ashley's name um so that's the story but that was all over my for you page i sent you like three videos because it was like yeah i'd seen him too yeah Yeah. i was like oh ashley's risen from the dead (laughs) she she was still posting i just hadn't seen him because i don't follow her she now lives in la pursuing acting she's done some taylor swift impersonation parties for high school or junior high she has i thought she wasn't a taylor Mm -hmm. Swift lookalike no i thought that's what she said she went to a um, she went to a high school and she dressed up as twenty two Taylor from the tour and she was singing the song for all the like junior high students or high schoolers, but she is trying to pursue an acting career as well as bringing in money for her family on the side by being a Taylor Swift look like. <laughs> I'm she didn't sorry, know she she didn't know what was going on in Long Beach because she doesn't follow Taylor's every move. <laughs> but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting the about phase from like I just look like me, I want to live my life. Like I'm not a Taylor mm-hmm. Swift look like this is just me. To like, oh actually, I'm gonna I support my family off of this. Like I She's trying That's to fine. feed her two children. That's fine. <laughs> She's it's got just, things to do. It's, uh. it's, it's just Ashley being Ashley. <laughs> Ashley, Ashley, Ashley. <laughs> but <laughs> I want to talk about it for a hot second. We don't yeah. need to go much into detail, but it, it is, if it's on my For You page, it might be on many more people's For You yes, page. She is getting literally, paid. So, yeah. Yeah. It was clear to me that those were paid, like those were not real security guards. And yeah. so I was under the impression that she was doing a bit. Yeah. I don't know what's better, but there's something like embarrassing about being brought in to do someone else's bit. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, that story is going to haunt me forever. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you You're for welcome. updating me. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> but speaking of uh, stories that will haunt people forever um we're talking about high infidelity this yes, week. yes i've been are. excited about this one since hearing it on the midnight's album um i think there's a lot of like not necessarily there's a lot of talk about it because one she explicitly lists like do you really want to know where i was april 29th so that's sort of like a <laughs> easter egg people swarm to um yeah. but also it does seem to be about Calvin Harris in the way, in the storyline it presents, the sort of like details about this partner. I think it's very clearly Calvin Harris. And Mm -hmm. I love, I love this era of Taylor's messy, messy life. Like Mm -hmm. thoughts and prayers to her surviving that. Truly, truly terrible. But this summer of the apocalypse, the whole 2016 saga, the entire relationship with Calvin that's always been kind of like what's happening there, the demise and his like temper tantrums on Twitter, like everything about it. So messy, Mm -hmm. so delightful to dig through. And so any chance I get to revisit it is uh, a true delight for me. And it doesn't happen often because Taylor Mm -hmm. famously has not sung explicitly about Calvin 
except for some illusions we might get into later. But yeah, because we have like getaway car, you have some of this, you have like a, a line here, a line there. You yeah. really don't have a lot. And that kind of plays a little bit into this theory that I saw on TikTok. It was, I don't know if you know Christina Paro. She's a TikToker and she kind of goes into like lyric analysis. And she also kind of goes into like alternative theories, different ways that she has read into mm-hmm. different different songs and on high fidelity infidelity. On high infidelity, she kind of goes on to a different, different path onto Taylor Swift. And she was saying that, you know, it would be very interesting if you read it in a way of her being unfaithful to her fans through her music. You know, she's using her music to kind of like cast a light on her life being mm-hmm. so open and autobiography like autobiography autobiographical autobiographical mm-hmm. but it's you know she's a very as we've talked in the past she's an unreliable narrator and so she's kind of painted things she's danced around truths she's uh mm. you know bent the truth a lot and danced around the, the lies I can't think of the lyrics right now we'll get mm-hmm. into it mm-hmm. but I kind of thought it was really interesting because you can even read you know, read into that with even the Calvin Harris, uh, Tom Hiddleston relationships, her own relationships, her relationships with us, because we're like so glued onto her diary-esque yeah. songs. Yeah. But. No, that is interesting. And I love a good, you know, death of the author style reading of anything. Um, and I think that's part of why Taylor's music is so fascinating is because there is room for interpretation and mm-hmm. the meaning and um, value you can get from it can move past even like her explicit autobiographical details. Um, so I'll, I I am I find my brain wandering now. I'm like, hmm, that's a curious. That's an yeah. interesting, provocative thought. Yeah. Um, so I went into this being like Calvin Harris. And then I, of course, <laughs> TikTok, I was going through TikTok, um, you know, just I like to see what other people have thought because I'm not an original thinker. I have, I'm like, oh yeah. I was like April 29th, Met Gala, Taylor Swift, Joe. Uh, you know, put your, 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 your headphones on. I'm like, Oh, Kevin Harris. Like there's all of this stuff where I'm like, that's where my mind goes. And I was like, I want to see what other people think. And so I'm on TikTok and I see her video. I'm like, okay, I'll go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> I do like the whole Calvin theory dirty of it all. And that can still play into her theory, but I thought maybe we'd kind of explore that with their, yeah. the overall, I think the more popular accepted analysis is Calvin Harris. Yeah. Which I think uh, is true, at least intentional, because again, Midnight's is an album where she's like, I'm thinking about specific nights, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a 3 a.m. track, so something's a, a little deeper cut, um, a little bit less playful. You know, this is in line with Would Have, Could Have, Should Have, Bigger Than the Whole Sky. Like, this is one of her Aaron Dessner tracks. So it does seem to be highlighting something specific in her life. Um, and just as a refresher for anyone listening, um, Calvin Harris and her dated from 2015 through 2016. Um, and just honestly, 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 a fascinating <laughs> character study for both of them. <laughs> but but to, towards the end, they were seen less and less together. Um, 
they were at some award shows together when he was nominated as well. She was like, oh, thanks to my boyfriend, Adam. And everyone was like, who's Adam? And that's his non-stage name. Um, But basically, after their one-year cake, their one-year anniversary in like February or March, um, April rolls around. April 29th is when he releases This Is What You Came For, which is his song with Rihanna, huge hit big deal. Everyone's like, yes, vibes. And that exact day is when he went on Ryan Seacrest to talk about it. And Ryan Seacrest asked, would you ever work with Taylor? Now, Taylor was not credited on this song, but someone named Neil Songberg was. And so no one knew Taylor was involved. No one knew Taylor was Neil's. And so he was like, no, absolutely not. I don't think so. We don't really have the same vibe. I, I don't see that ever happening. And so kind then, of like condescending, yeah, kind of condescending. Like, we don't yeah. have the same vibe, like, yeah, no. like kind of like sticking his nose up at her, yes. her vibe, her yes. style of music, yeah. And on top of that, saying like, oh, and she's gonna take a long break soon too, like, and it's like, okay, what, like, wait, what, okay, um, so sort I mean, of the speaking for her, speaking did. down, yeah, <laughs> thanks to you, um. But anyway, so then April 29th, then May the 1st or May 2nd is when the Met Gala was, which of course now is a infamous night in Swifty Dumb, which is where mm-hmm. she met Joe, where she met Tom. Calvin and her break up mid-May, by the end of May or June. Anyways, within a few weeks, she's seen smooching Tom Hiddleston launches this huge summer of I Heart TS, the the drama, the angst of it all. Tom Hiddleston goes on two different Twitter rants. One when they first break up, or he's Calvin like Harris. Instagram. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> Calvin Harris goes on um, some social media rants. One when this news breaks about Tom and he's liking comments on Instagram and commenting mm-hmm. things like, I'm not jealous, I'm free, and like just being such a huge baby about it. But it's in June that sources reveal that Taylor Swift is Neil's and that Taylor Swift wrote, this is what you came for. And tree. Source. Yes, tree, tree, uh, unidentified source. Um, and so then Calvin again goes on an epic Twitter rant. I remember so viscerally when this mm-hmm. was happening and I was just like, <laughs> and he's like, I know you're off tour and you need something else to bury, but it's not going to be me. And like, sure, she's a good lyricist, but like I produced it. I wrote the music. I blah, blah, blah. Like basically like, you know, like throwing a timber tantrum. And so clearly bad blood there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically that's the demise of their relationship, the end of it. And so there's a lot that comes up from those moments that seem to play into this song while also sharing a little bit that we saw in Getaway Car and Gorgeous where it's like, mm, I had a boyfriend, things were a little like, oh, the lies were white, you know, <laughs> what was happening this night? And so mm-hmm. high infidelity becomes an interesting um window into her POV, like her mind, frame of mind at that time. Um, so that's the backstory. <laughs> I know always the licks, that's always in my head is I have a boyfriend, he's older than us, he's in the club doing, I don't know what, it's kind of like, oh, okay, like puts you right there. Yes, like yes. when she met this gorgeous man, yes, she admits I have a boyfriend. Yeah. And when I meet the band, they ask, do you have a man? I can still say, I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like, there's obviously some blurred lines there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Situationship. Um, yes. But should we get into it? Mm-hmm. Are you reading? Am I reading? I'm reading. Gorgeous. So it's going to be on high infidelity. Um, first one. Locks broken, slurs spoken, wounds open, game token. I didn't know you were keeping count. Rain soaking, blind hoping. You said I was freeloading. I didn't know you were keeping count. <laughs> Brutal, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, right out the gate, it's just uh, – it's interesting visuals. It's very sporadic. It's like lock broken, slur spoken, wound open, game token. Like it's very mm-hmm. – it's very detailed without being almost like – explicit um Mm -hmm. to me it seems like open to interpretation like a lot of people read this literally like there was so much fighting that a door was slammed open or a lock was broken or maybe a lock he broke into her phone and like saw a text and they were fighting he called her a slur he called her a mean word he you know um Mm -hmm. was they were both drunk that they were slurring like there's a lot of room to uh, navigate this sort of visualization, but to me, it just seems to like capture that high anxiety, that that mess of feelings where everything starts to fall apart, mm-hmm. um, and like just this sort of beginning of the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting because, like, you said, like lock broken. Like you're very, you're like, oh, like he broke something, but it could be also be like their relationship was so so tight that it just broke open and you know they used to be a a couple who were really strong with each other and so it just puts you in that that mind that like their 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 relationship's broken like you yeah. can't you can't put it back together and just um, like uh like a boundary cross like the yeah. he crossed a line or he broke a promise or like whatever mm-hmm. just that like emotional breaking a part of something mm-hmm. and then it kind of puts you like when you go back into to your analysis of calvin harris like game token like was she was she like a prize in a game to be yeah. to played with like she didn't know he was keeping count he was keeping count of all of the monopoly pieces all the money that you know that was being exchanged in the game yeah and you know and you know when you're in a fight with your significant other Sometimes there's there are those annoying things that yeah. have just like nicked at you, nicked at you. So when you're in a fight, you're trying to kind of win. Yeah. You're gonna be like, Well, you yeah. did this. Yeah. Ten years ago, you didn't pick your shoes up and I tripped <laughs> yeah. over them. Like, do you remember that? Like it yeah. sounds like things were getting at him and he was just like waiting for anything just to like yeah. throw them back at her in her face. Yeah. Well, and that's why the wound open game token, I didn't know you were keeping count, is so fascinating because the wound opening is so like physical. It's so literal. It's so like painful. But a game mm-hmm. token is just like, oh, this is superficial. This is just a game. This yeah. is just, we're just playing with each other's feelings at this point. And so the disparity there where it's like, this actually really hurts, but the thing that hurts is how like superficial it is. And and that we're not really keeping count of what matters. We're just keeping score of this like fake game or these like barbs we were holding on to or these keeping track of like who forgave who when or like who owes who what. And like that toxicity of of like death by a thousand cuts almost where it's like mm-hmm. I have this running scorecard of everything you've done wrong and I will bring it up now 
even when it should be, wait, let's like come together as a couple. Let's figure this out. Like what actually is going wrong here? Um, I think she like does in a, a good job. In a healthy relationship, you should feel free to yeah. be your complete self, your uh, incomplete self and make mistakes and not feel like you're going to be held against them in the future. Yeah. And so it kind of like paints this toxic relationship. Yeah. I think at the beginning I had said something, well, I'm sure about maybe reading this in a different light of Taylor being an unreliable narrator and narrator. Yeah. Narrator. <laughs> and, you know, and it's more of like her not being truthful to her fans. And so I just kind of want to highlight, you know, lock broken, slur spoken, this, this whole thing. Um, Christina was kind of reading into it being like lock broken, slur spoken, the lock broken is symbolizing like her diary being locked, like broken open, like her professing that she is being, you know, she's putting her life into her songs and she's, you know, drunk, drunkenly, you know, sometimes you, when you're drunk, you like just put things out. You just kind of like word vomit. And so she's just kind of put you in that moment of when she's writing her song, she's just like slurring everything and just kind of like word, word vomiting and like just letting us into her life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go like, I didn't know you're keeping count. One thing that a lot of Swifties do is, you know, we're always looking at everything she does, the symbolism and what she's doing. And we're trying to tie it back to a meaning and we're like, but wait, she said all too well. There's a 10 minute version of all too well. When are we going to get that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Where, where's the, the, you know, where, where's the 13 trees or the 15 seagulls? You know, obviously those are the stuff I made up. And then you said I was freeloading. A lot of people are like thinking she's taking advantage of fans who are devoted to her. You know, we think there's that parasocial relationship between us that, you know, she's going to drop all the merch and we like honestly love her so much that we're going to buy every single thing. And then, of course, I didn't know you're keeping count. She says it over and over again. And she was saying that so must be important, you know, and we've talked about keeping score in relationships, but like, we're always keeping score at Taylor. We monitor everything she does, whether it's small or big. Um, so I, that's how she kind of was, was looking into it was a little like here and there of like what she's doing to keeping us, keeping us on score and on tab. And, you know, I don't know if that makes any sense. No, it but. makes sense. I I get it. I I don't like, think I I'll it. agree with it. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? Like I don't think it'll be the intention. I don't think that's what Taylor intended, but I like mm-hmm. the, the you know, stepping back and it, examining ourselves in the art. Um mm-hmm. but yeah. I, I love the Calvin, but I'm like oh, yeah. that's an interesting theory. Let me throw it yeah, out no. there. And I don't if you guys should go to her account and you should watch her videos because I'm not giving it any justice at all because I'm no. like, wait, what, what did she say? Well, I look at my notes. I'm like, what does that mean? No. I don't have good recall. No, I mean, I think, yeah, I think that's the point is that there is like room to like, these are human emotions that Taylor's portraying. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that means it can be applied to us, to her. It could be applied from her to the, you know, source of it. It could be applied mm-hmm. to me and, my dog you know like anything any it all has room for interpretation um yeah and so I think that's the fun of a song like this in particular because it is like I said so detailed and yet holds back so much um yeah which is clear in the chorus 
yeah, I was going to say in the course you go into, and a lot of people have really now um, analyzed just the title of the song, which yes. gets into the chorus, high infidelity, put your records, put on your records and regret me. I bent the truth too far tonight. I was dancing around, dancing around it, high infidelity, put on your headphones and burn my city, your pocket, your Picket fence is sharp as knives. I was dancing around, dancing around it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, (laughs) I don't know if it's controversial to say, but it seems like Taylor is and has admitted to blurred lines and Mm -hmm. perhaps me think some cheating or, you know, infidelity. Um, And I think that. Some people don't want to believe that about Taylor because they think it's too cruel a thing to do to someone, that cheating is always bad. And I I agree, you shouldn't cheat. And I don't think Taylor's trying to romanticize it or even justify it, but I mm-hmm. think this song is her explaining it. Um, and so that's, that's my reading. Is it justifying or explaining it? I don't think it's just... The way I read the, the next, the like, what would you call it? The... The refrain. The refrain. So let's get into the refrain because yeah. it might go into the chorus too. Yeah. Do you really want to know where I was April 29th? Do I really have to chart the constellation in his eyes? So yeah, I think the refrain does a good job of being sort of vague, but the way you could read it is like, oh, do you want me to tell you this, you little douche lord? Mm-hmm. Or like, this is going to hurt. Like, I don't know. There's no good way to break up with you at this point. Like, there's no good way there's no way to make you feel good about this. And like, I feel bad about it, but it's also like, this is the fact, like this is hurting both of us for different reasons. And I'm not going to like drive the knife in your back to try and like explain exactly why I feel like I made the right choice. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do you think she fessed up to cheating because she felt guilty or because it was (laughs) something to make him I don't know like that's the thing is like as far like I'm not as fascinated by the like machinations of their breakup or you know Mm -hmm. the the exact like what counts as cheating like was this just Mm -hmm. touching hands in a dark room or was this more like extended I don't really care or know um I'm not gonna pretend to but I think Mm -hmm. the point of this chorus is like yeah, I bent the truth a little bit and, uh, you know, like I was dancing around Mm -hmm. it, it being either confessing to him or it being her feelings for someone else or it being her telling someone else that they're, they're in this gray period and it's fine. Like, I think it's intentionally vague. Um, and I think that's the point is she's just owning up to where she was in the moment that she's like, like, sorry, Mm -hmm. like, you know, kind of this like, yeah, it was a high infidelity and we both had our hands in this demise, but like, let me fess up and admit, like, I bent the truth too far tonight. Like, to me, that line is implying something like we see in Gorgeous, where in the original draft, she says, I have a boyfriend, he's older than us. I haven't seen him in a couple of months, where it's like, "Mm, yeah, we're, we're basically over, like, you know, and so maybe there was like that gray area in her mind that she clung to, to excuse maybe bad decisions. But Mm -hmm. then on top of that, she's like, oh, well put on your headphones and burn my city. Like 
you're willing to put your head in the sand. You're willing to like throw me under the bus. You're willing to say things about me to Ryan Seacrest or whatever it is and like not own up to your, to your, um, lack of interest or investment in me. And I think Mm -hmm. that is where I see a lot of the similarities in Bejeweled coming into play. Um, where a lot of people want to interpret that as like a, a warning to Joe Alwyn. But Bejeweled seems more about this phase in life where it's like, you've been putting me in the basement when I deserve the penthouse type of feeling. And mm-hmm. like the sister track of this like, it, this like, ugh, if you're going to treat me badly, then I'm going to go out and party versus sort of something more confessional in high infidelity where she's like, you know, mm, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Part of it's like, you know, like some people who are in relationships and they're like, I just kissed him. Like I, I didn't, right. I didn't do anything else but kiss him. So, it, cause it kind of paints it in, in the light of, I bent the, the truth too far. I was dancing around it. Like it's not as serious right. as like, you know, being intimate with someone, Yeah, but like even dancing with someone a little bit too provocatively holding someone's hand, flirting, maybe giving a quick like drunken kiss, that can be maybe a little bit something you can bend the truth with. Yeah. Um, and and when you put in the situation of she hasn't seen him for months and she doesn't really feel as committed to him because he hasn't taken the time out of his life to make her feel like she's number one. Mm-hmm. So why is she going to like, does she have a man? Why is she right. going to put him first? Like, wait, do I am Am I in a relationship or is it a situationship? Right. Because we're not we're not together as much as we used yeah. to used to be. Um well and it like reminds me of Willow when she sings um like you were a trophy or a champion ring and there was one prize I'd cheat to win. Like mm. it's like there's this phase of her life where she's like she's in this messy getaway car, like, oh, you think about the place where you first met me. Like it was clearly a time in her life that was very all over the place. And I think we have to, we have to just accept at this point that she did some shady stuff, you know, like it's okay. (laughs) Like I, I see her maybe like kissing somebody, but she was in her twenties. Like you're like, I don't, it's fine. I I don't, Taylor's supremacy. No, I, I, I'm just saying like we've all – like we haven't all been there, but a lot of people have been in these situations. Yeah, it's an absolutely batshit thing to live through and to like be in. Yeah. And and you're also dealing in this totally unrealistic world where you're a celebrity and like everyone is analyzing you and like your relationships are so high profile that going from Calvin to Tom and having them both be blah, 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 blah in the press, like who knows mm-hmm. what that does to your psyche. And again, I do not – I'm not like sitting here excusing the moral or like justifying the morality of like cheating or not. Like I do not care about like mm-hmm. Taylor Swift's soul in that way. But I think this musical mm-hmm. moment Bless is it. interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, yeah. and I think that's why the high fidelity play here, which hi-fi is like a term of music, like how yeah. something is so rich and like true like it's a very clear quality it's faithful to the original yeah it's a reproduction of sound but it's like just as good i think that's Mm -hmm. important to remember as she then spends it to be high infidelity where it's like well if we're gonna talk about it like if we're gonna talk about this picket fence dream i was supposed to have this like wanting to have a serious relationship which was very very publicized like in her 
in the era before this and into this where she's like, I'm not going home with any man. Like I'm living life on my own. I do this. And then she met Calvin and was like, oh, this is like a first real serious relationship. This is an adult relationship. And so it was like meant to be this reproduction of every love story she'd been Mm -hmm. like enjoying dreaming about. It was meant to be this like high fidelity like moment of finally getting what she'd always sung about and wanted and then realizing like, oh, wait, this isn't actually this isn't actually as good and as true and as beautiful and romantic and honest as I thought it would be. And so that too has been corrupted. And so Mm -hmm. the parallelism of literal infidelity in their relationship versus the realization that the the dream is shattered and like the relationship itself is over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, one, one way that this, that Christina read into it was, you know, like you talked about like fidelity is faithful. So definitely like infidelity, like we talked about, you know, you're dishonest and you're discreet. And so within this, this chorus, she's talking about how through her lyrics, she's been dishonest and she feels a little bit, you know, guilty about associating so much faith in her music and the Mm. truth that she she sings and she's through her lyrics she's bending the truth of what's really happening and she's dancing around the truth and this tiktoker kind of like brings into play the speculation of taylor swift's uh sexuality Mm, mm -hmm. how you know a lot there's a lot of kaylor content gaylor content uh out there on tiktok she kind of like throws in, you know, she's admitting to lying. She is spinning the truth. She plays into the, you need to calm down music video with, uh, you know, what separated all of the picketers in that music video was those picket fences. Um, and so she's just, you know, saying like, kind of just throwing in that Taylor's not really telling us the truth in her music. It, she's dishonest, you know, the person who she's really with hasn't really, been who she's publicly putting on her social media. She's not with Calvin. You know, she's, mm. you know, everything's been kind of a facade and she's mm. feeling a little bit guilty about it. Mm. You know? but so is she a gaylor then? She's not, okay, so she's not really a gaylor, but I think with some of the lyric analysis, she right. gives light and credibility to the, right. the gaylor content. I haven't really... I haven't really gone too deep into her TikToks. I've read, I did a lot of her midnights, but that was just something she was saying that like, you know, is she dancing around the fence? Is she dancing around her sexuality? Is she bending the truth? Because you go into this thing where, like you said, Taylor has really made a, like her last couple albums before 1989 has always been about finding, you know, the, 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 the shining knight, someone Mm -hmm. who's going to be protector, but Mm -hmm. then she's kind of made like a, a career off of finding your knight in shining armor, that one man, uh, you know, does she really have to chart the constellation in his eyes? Maybe she's talking about how, you know, you know, where do the stars lead to with Joe is a lot of people have speculated about his sexuality too. (laughs) You know, on the 29th, she was with, uh, on the 28th, she was at Zoe Kravitz, uh, show, not show her pre-gala party, her birthday party. And it, went into the 29th. Mm. So it like was she with Zoe, you know, <laughs> Zoe was in high fidelity kind of when you read the, the right. lyrics about that, you kind of think like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 
So unfaithful representation of her life through her songs. And, you know, you put your headphones on and burn my city. Like Mm. you're listening to me, but it's not true. Mm. But interesting. I feel like I've now mentioned, I have to like bring it up in every single verse. So there you go. (laughs) No, I love it. Let's do the second verse too, because that's a good one. Yes. Storm coming, good husband, bad omen, dragging my feet right down the aisle at the house, lonely, good money. It pay if you just know me. Seemed like the right thing at the time. You know, there's many different ways you can kill the one you love. The slowest is never loving them enough. Do you really want to know where I was April 29th? Do I really have to tell you how he brought me back to life? Brutal. And that's where I'm kind of like, do I really have to tell you how he brought me back to life? Like if I'm going to go with that TikToker's analysis, it's like, why does she put that? that in there if that's really what she was going for so that kind of like really like threw me for a loop but I was like but what if she's just doing what she's singing about doing yeah like she's she's distorting reality Mm. by putting this lyric in it yeah I love I love the Calvin of it all so (laughs) let's just let's dive into that because here she's singing about like yeah you know the stereotypical what she's been dreaming dreaming and singing about like you're insane you know yeah. She wanted that good husband. She yeah. wanted that the fairy tale walk me down the aisle. Yeah. But she landed into Calvin, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, was Taylor married? And I think like in folklore evermore and now midnights, she uses marriage less as a literal, like, oh, we were married and more as a uh image of domesticity and like domestic bliss and mm-hmm. happily ever after. Um, and so I think yeah. it's, yeah. Do you remember when Calvin got her an olive tree yeah. for her birthday and like planted it? Like I was very much of like distinct roles. Like, yes, oh, I'm the man. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go <laughs> Get you a tree. plant, plant you a tree. Yeah. Like just thinking of that, that's, that's very <laughs> domestic. You know, he's doing all yeah, these yeah. chores around the house, yeah. <laughs> which no, wish my yeah. husband would. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. I think it's like the, the idea of a good husband, like, oh, he's such a good man. Like, yeah. I think that's, interesting because we hold men to such a low, 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 low bar. Like it's like the bar is subterranean at this point. And so anytime someone's like labeled a good guy, it's like, well, what's the parameters for that? Like not beating you? Like congrats. Like let's see how much better you can be. And I think that's what's interesting with her layering of the images here where she's like, oh, there's a storm coming. There's trouble coming. I need to like, I want to like tie myself to I want to have that stability. I want to have that foundation. I want to have that house with the picket fence. Like, let's get a good mm-hmm. husband. But maybe that was a bad omen. Like, maybe maybe he, that should have been too good to be true. Like, maybe there were mm-hmm. red flags there. Maybe there was something about how he treated his ex-girlfriend right before me that I should have mm, been clued into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, sorry, Tarita, you know. Um, and then you look at the lyric, at, at the house lonely, good money, I'd pay if you just know me. Yeah. Like, she's like, Okay, I'm I'm in the house that we built. This is what I've always wanted. I have my dream house. Yeah. You know, I metaphorically I have my mm-hmm. dream house that I've I've always wanted. Like you think of when you're a little kid and you're like, oh, I'm gonna grow up and move into a big house with yeah. my husband and we're gonna have this beautiful life. But she's yeah. like, okay, I'm I'm where I've always dreamt about, but no money can make this relationship work. You don't you don't even know me. Yeah. No, I love that because I think about like tolerate it and this idea mm-hmm. of like, wait, <laughs> this is supposed to be my happily ever after, but I feel more neglected and like less loved now than dealing with like douchebags earlier. And I mm-hmm. and I wish I'd watched the like Vogue 
interview again where she did the 70 questions or whatever because they had that like text message framed on the wall but I don't remember it exactly um but no I think it is it's such a, a captivating verse to give us because it's like this this idea of loneliness in where it shouldn't be and this like it seemed like the right thing at the time like it's that's such a telling taylor line where it's like she kind of like tied her horse to that cart because it's like oh this 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 seems like a good guy like this seems like a good one and i think it's interesting to think of the time frame because again she was a serial dater. She was like, oh, maybe she's the problem. Like, she can't keep a man. Like, that was all the press was talking about at the time. And they were always just being like, oh, watch out. She's sitting next to this dude at this event. They must be dating. And like, I think it must have been validating to finally have a partner that you can like feel respected by the industry for being with, where it's like they see you as equals or like he's old and mature and like can help her feel more grounded in this celebrity world. And I just think that that's interesting that she has to sort of start to realize, wait, this isn't as good as it seems. Mm -hmm. And like, should I have known better for wanting something that actually is hurting me now? Well, I think about like, she was close with Blake Lively during this time, right? Mm -hmm. And so you think about like Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds, like Ryan Reynolds is definitely older than Blake Lively. Like they have that fairy tale marriage that we, that we all see. So I wonder if she was like, that's what I want. Mm. And she was desperately trying so hard to find that yeah. and, and keep to that. Like Blake has it. Like, yeah, I'm gonna, like I can have it too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the drag my feet down the aisle is such a clever mm-hmm. line. I think of that like, oh, um, you know, like, oh, I'm dragging my feet. I don't want to do it, but I feel obligated. And then pairing mm-hmm. it with that marriage imagery, which is meant to be like the happiest day of your life. Like it's, oh, it's all about the bride. It's the bi- bride's dream. Like it's, it's meant to be the best time, but it's like, she's not actually feeling it. And that ties into the getaway car lines where the ties were black, the lies were white and shades of gray and candlelight. I wanted to leave him. I needed a reason. And yeah. like this sort of feeling of entrapment where she's like, mm, like, uh, wait, why would I feel any sort of anxiety about this when this is all I've wanted all along? Mm-hmm. I've been telling everyone since like yeah. <laughs> the game occurred, this is what I've wanted. She's like, I can't yeah. break up with another dude. Like I'll, I'll just be made fun of for it. Like I can't, end this just because I don't like it. Like there's no reason. I can't like make a pithy reason for our breakup if I break up now mm. type thing. Like just it w- it's like a lot of pressure to put on herself where it's like this is my happily ever after. I need to like I need to make it work because who else am I going to thank during my speeches and like I don't want to be here alone. She and, like, did. All of that. Thank him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that's why the, you know, there's many different ways to kill the one you love. The slowest way is never loving them enough. It's like so sad and so true and so obvious, but so like powerful to be spoken. And I think Mm -hmm. that's like, that's the thesis of it. Like that's the issue is like, yeah, they were both, she's, to me, the song is her saying that she was unfaithful, but they were both, they were both not faithful to their love. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. she's saying like, I did something bad, (laughs) but it felt so good. (laughs) But there was something happening in the background before that choice was made. And Mm -hmm. we both ended up 
killing the one we loved. We both ended up hurting each other by not loving each other enough. Mm-hmm. And that's why the sources around their breakup were always so fascinating to me because a lot of them on his side were like saying, oh, he was bored of her. He didn't see like where they would it would lead anywhere. Like, oh, he was hoping that the spark would come back, but it hasn't. And then on her side, it's like, he hasn't shown up for her. He's he's too intimidated by her. He won't attend any events where he's not being honored also. Um, she's independent and needs someone at her own level. And there's just this disparity in how they're viewing the relationship. It's very much mm-hmm. like giving exile where it's like, I told you what I needed, but like you didn't care type thing. And just mm-hmm. this like realization that they were hurting each other more by poisoning the ground they were built on in this like not loving each other enough than she could have ever done in the harm on one night where she, you know, liked some guy's blue eyes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe kissed him. Yeah. <laughs> Drunkenly. <laughs> yeah. And just that like, do you, I really have to tell you how he brought me back to life is so painful and like honest and really vulnerable and I think it could be read as like a knife to his gut, like, hmm, you douchebag, you weren't there for me, but it doesn't feel that way to me. Yeah. Just thinking about how the sources have talked about how he's felt about her, how he was bored of her. I I think what probably made him mad and upset and then knife to the gut was it being publicly aired, how, yeah. you know, you know, it was his image. Like maybe Joe wasn't in the limelight. Uh, on that April 29th, but you saw her like go directly from Calvin to Tom and it's a bad light on Calvin. It's not about how, what Taylor did to him and how he, it's not about him feeling jealous or hurt. It's more about him feeling embarrassed and I don't know. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) No, exactly. Because I remember so viscerally when he was doing his little like Instagram tirade and someone was like, I bet it's like, is it hard to see her with Tom so fast? Like, are you jealous? And he's like, not jealous, sir. And then in all caps, free. And it's just like, <laughs> just yeah. like major eye roll. Yeah. Like, he's just like, it's yes. like he's washing his hands of responsibility, which I think is why she again pulls up the image of like, put on your headphones and burn my city. Like, you're talking trash about me. You're saying like, I was never, like, you never loved me. You never wanted me. Like, I was just drama. Oh, I'm, I'm burning... I'm going to burn someone else like I burnt Katy Perry. Like you're constantly stirring the tra- stirring the pot here, pulling up trash. Mm-hmm. And like you're doing it by pretending like you had no part in this. And I think mm-hmm. that that's what's fascinating here. Yeah. Yeah. His poor little ego. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so stupid. He's such a little man baby. Um, ole, ole. Um, <laughs> I just can't with him. <laughs> um, so we we go into the very the, the end of the song is very repetitive. Mm-hmm. So you go into the chorus, high fidelity, put your records, put on your records, and regret me. I've been the truth too far tonight. I was dancing around, dancing around it. High fidelity, put your headphones on and burn my city. Your picket fence is sharp as knives. I was dancing around, dancing around it. Do you really want to know where I was April 29th? Do I really have to chart the constellation in his eyes? You know, there's many ways that you can kill the one you love. The slowest way is never loving them enough. And just jump in if you want to say anything, but I'm going to um, continue on. 
go into the chorus, high infidelity, put on your records and regret me. I bet the truth tonight. I was dancing around, dancing around it. High infidelity, put your headphones on and burn my city. Your picket fence is sharp with knives. I was dancing around, dancing around it. And then you have like the non-lyrical break where she goes, ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> yes, an important addition to this reading. <laughs> Maybe it's like, her callback to his ole, ole. <laughs> I don't know. And then post chorus, oh, there's many ways that you can kill the one you love, and it's never enough. It's never enough. Mm-hmm. Outro, lock, broken, slur spoken, wound open, game token. I didn't know you were keeping count. Rain soaking, blind hoping. You said I was freeloading. I didn't know you were keeping count. Oh, but you were keeping count. Yeah. And that came out. And the breakup of like, and I, I kind of feel like that's just justifying, okay, I made the right move. Like, look at what you're doing. You're slandering my name. You're throwing me out to the wolves. Like, if you really did love me and this was an amicable break, then it wouldn't be like this. And look yeah. how you're you're treating me. Yeah. It's I not mean, how you treat someone you love. Yeah. You can read his like tirade of the tweets <laughs> that came out after this is what you came for was you know, revealed to be by Taylor and he's just like a huge baby about it. Just like, mm-hmm. yeah, this idea of, oh, you said I was freeloading. Like I she just wrote this. I did all this. I did all this work. I did all this. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's fine, but I did all this. And it's just like, <sighs> I think it's like, it's very reminiscent of Bejeweled where she says, baby boy, I think I've been too good of a girl, did all the extra credit and then got graded on a curve. Yeah. It's like, I freaking wrote this hit for you and you can't even like pretend to be you're just like pissed about it. Like it's just so childish. Um, but I like also that she does one slight change here where she says in the final chorus, mm-hmm. put on your records and regret meeting me. Because yeah. um, before that it was regret me. Like it's like yep. – and I think that's an interesting way to paint this like change of tone. And like you said, he he starts to become very vindictive and defensive as their breakup extends um, where it's not just that he's like oh, – like, I'm sorry. I'm sad this, this this happened to us. I'm sad you did this to me or whatever. It's more like, I wish I'd never met you, you stupid child. <laughs> like, Yeah, because it goes from them releasing a public, like there's that public announcement, like, yeah. oh, we're broken, but we still have love and respect and blah, blah, blah yeah. to each other to like, yeah, you have no respect for her. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, like, oh, I know you're off tour and looking to bury someone, but I'm not Katie Perry. <laughs> Honestly, just childish behavior. Absolutely ridiculous as it happened. And I think this song is good at taking ownership for her mm-hmm. part in that. You know, the bending the truth. It's not good. Cheating's not great. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, if you if you broke a boundary with your partner, if something was broken there, that's bad. And I don't think she's saying like, you deserved it. But I think she's saying... Mm-hmm. Wow, that was a that was a messy time and we weren't there for each other. Like it's never enough. It's never enough. What yeah. he's doing isn't enough. What I have do was doing for him was never enough. This like fighting was never enough. The the happiness was never enough to like tide us over. Like none of it was ever enough. And I think that's where this like rain soaking blind hoping becomes sort of the the essence of this failed relationship is like they wanted it to be more or she wanted it to be more, but it was always just, you know, it was always just going to be this uh, bad omen. And um, yeah. Do that's you, what you think 
that in 1989, she's going to record This Is What You Came For, Taylor's version. I don't know because she does have, own some of the rights. I don't. Mm-hmm. She, she wrote it. Yeah, she owns the rights for performing. Like she could make it, it so he could never perform it, which I don't know if he does perform it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would think maybe, and I would love that because mm-hmm. I love a petty queen. Um, yes. And it's a great song. It was my, it is. I walked on the aisle to that song. I loved it. <laughs> I, I was there when she performed it live for the first yes, time yes. in Austin. So like. And does it a great job. Cool. Yeah, she does. <laughs> um, and Rihanna. Yeah. Maybe Rihanna Oh, yeah. Come Rihanna on can come can on. Be, yeah, that'd like, be great. This is what you came for featuring Rihanna. I love that. Like. That'd be great. That would be great. I I would welcome it. I you know, getting into the questions, like I don't necessarily like this song. I think the outro mm-hmm. is kind of like slow. I feel like it doesn't have the same powerful like especially comparing it to Getaway Car. Like Getaway Car has oh, such yeah. a great build up and the the chorus, the bridge, like it all pays off in this really powerful way. Whereas yes. to your point, this kind of like has this weird like echo, like it's just like a whoop. Like it's like okay, what's what's happening here? It's like a beautiful, you know, melody or whatever. Like Aaron Dessner's touch here is really powerful, but yeah. I just don't think it it carries the same punch in the end. Um, yeah. So like when it comes on to like, would you take a song off of Midnight to replace this? I mean, yes, I would take off um, Labyrinth any day of the week. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, I'd rather the echo than labyrinth. We should have been tracking these to like see how many times I've taken labyrinth off. Yes. Um, because I know it's not fair for me to just say that. Like I would I would put I don't know if the amount of 3 a.m. tracks I would put on the Midnight's album would leave room for this one to then be on the Midnight's album as well, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Yeah. like if I actually did a full reorganizing of the main 13 tracks I'd have to like look at it but yeah I don't I don't know I think this fits nicely with like Paris you know I think it's Mm -hmm. like yeah 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 okay um Taylor Taylor of it all what's the one lyric that you're like this is it I mean I think the obvious one is the um uh the slowest way is never loving them enough but I think I really come back to the it seemed like the right thing at the time. Mm-hmm. I find that such a fascinating, simple concept and something that Taylor has had to like grapple with in her songwriting and and thus her life where she's like, oh, I thought this guy was it, but I guess uh, it's not. And I, I find it interesting to like see her become more and more self-reflective in her mm-hmm. discography and just like this, oops, like <laughs> essence to it. Yeah. And I like how she sings about picket fences because yeah. – Throughout her whole song, she's singing about like or her whole career, she's singing about wanting to find that the house and the picket, with the white picket fence and the fairy tale like yeah. ending. But in this song, she's talking about like basically like, picket knives that you're like stabbing people with. Is it sharp enough to like yeah. kill someone? <laughs> and so it's very much like along those lines yeah. that you were you were saying like that domestic um, thriller. It's it's giving yeah. big little lies. It's giving nothing's yes. as good as it seems. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Um, so Easter egg. Okay. Do you really do you really want to know where I was April 29th is what 
I'm leaning towards because that's like, hello, Easter egg, slap you in the face. Do you have a different one? I do, but only because it comes back to what we've talked about, which is that I stand by that So It Goes is about Calvin Harris. Yes. And (laughs) I think the way that she ends the song where she's like, I didn't know you were keeping count, but oh, you were keeping count is an exact tie tie into So It Goes where she says, but baby, who's counting? I think hey. it's, I stand by it. Like I, I know we got some flack for that, but anyone no. here can listen to our to our episode about so it goes. And I, I think it's about Calvin. So <laughs> okay, I love that because a lot of people have like tied those two songs together, but have not tied or accepted that song being about Calvin. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yes. 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 I love it because she's singing about nights in her lives that kept her up and it's throughout all the eras. And then everyone's like, oh, she doesn't really sing about Calvin on reputation. She she like gives him a, an after mention and getaway car. Yeah. But so it goes. And that was the one song that she didn't consistently sing mm-hmm. in the reputation mm-hmm. tour. She sang it as a surprise song once and that's all. And like, why? Oh, because she didn't again. want to give homage yeah, I mean, to Calvin like, Harris. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I just stand by it. I do. <laughs> yep. Ain't freaking men. Okay, so what are you giving this the song? I'll give it like a B. I honestly would probably give it a C, even though I'm okay. delighted by it. I love yeah. the juice of it, the juiciness of it. But yeah, it's not her best. Okay. <laughs> and then, is it making tour? It did make tour. Ironically enough, she tied this song. It's just a bonus song. Yeah, so yeah. It doesn't it make a set list. But she tied this song with Gorgeous. Oh, yes. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah, that. So like, that's that's a little bit of Petty Taylor, I think, too. It is, because she talks <laughs> this song about high infidelity, and then he's so gorgeous, which gives you more umph behind the theory. The theory. Yes. The slap you in the face realization <laughs> that this is about Calvin, because she's song, singing about, you know, like – burn my seat my 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 city you know put your records on and then my he's in the club doing i don't know what so (laughs) there you go there you go i love it um no it's it's a fun one to cover and obviously uh you know like we said up for interpretation so don't Mm. come at us if you disagree but if you want to come at us in a nice way share your thoughts opinions feelings you can always send us an email at swishishpodcast at gmail or find us on uh uh, Instagram, Instagram at Swiftish Podcast or mm-hmm. TikTok at Swiftish Podcast and Millennial Swifty. If you want to get one on one with Ashley, the I'm Millennial Swifty, really. <laughs> the Millennial Swifty. I have not posted a lot, but um, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll do one with my corgis with uh, that new trend twirling. Oh yes, around. please do. Yes, <laughs> I would love that. Um, and you um, can always go on. Apple Podcasts, iTunes, I don't know what people are calling it these days. And give us a rating and yes. comment on, you know, why you like us. Yes, give us a review, make us feel good. Mm-hmm. And if you want to see our lovely faces, you can always go to our I just forgot Patreon. the word. Patreon. Go to our Patreon. Yeah. You can find it. It is it is linked through our Instagram account. So Yes. Yeah. Um, but we'll be back next week to talk about who knows what. Um Taylor back in the back on tour maybe um but until then i am shelby and i'm 
<laughs> I'm just Ashley. <laughs> I'm just Ashley. <laughs> I, oh, I love that video. Um, but no, uh, Taylor. Uh, well, now I lost my. Now I lost it. <laughs> Oh, uh, dancing around it, dancing around it. Uh, I'll see you next week. Bye.